guys, let's go ahead and get started here. Let's go ahead and get started with the uh, episode two. So for all of you out there that are new to this, um, this is Twitch Tech. This is the Twitch Tech podcast with myself. My name is White Shadow. And today, guys, in episode two, we're going to be going over finding the best microphone for your Twitch channel or your Twitch stream. And so um, to start things off, I'm going to kind of go over what I started with um, when I first started streaming. So when I first started streaming, I didn't really understand the whole thing about streaming. I didn't like I knew audio quality was a thing, but I didn't think like it really mattered for the channel at the beginning. So I was like, OK, I'm going to start with what I have. So I started with an Astro A40 headset. And if you guys don't know anything about that headset, it has a very eh, for a headset it has a decent quality condenser style microphone. And it, I mean, it's right there. You can run it through the mix amp that Astro has, and you can kind of tweak the settings right there for your console. Because I started streaming off of console, and um, it's a really good option for all of you console streamers out there. Because I know a lot of people don't have the money to really spend on getting a high-end setup right away. And um, keep in mind, this is going to kind of go back with episode one. The, your audio setup kind of builds over time, so you kind of have to start, or you kind of have to make do with what you have. But there are like budget options out there for you guys. So yeah, I started with a um, headset mic. And then eventually I upgraded to a Blue Yeti, which you guys know the Blue Yeti is a fantastic condenser mic. And we'll get into like USB mics and all of that stuff later on in the podcast. But the Blue Yeti is a fantastic condenser style microphone. Um, it really has a good tonality to it. And um, But the bad thing about that is it picked up a lot of noise. And I stream out of my home. Uh, I'm kind of in the living room in my apartment. And the Yeti was picking up tons of background noise. It was picking up like, uh, you, you could hear a lawnmower going outside if they were mowing the lawn out by the apartment and everything like that. So it, it picked up a lot of background noise and I didn't like that because as my stream progressed, I tended to get a little bit more picky about my audio. Now you can resolve that with like a noise gate but it's a USB microphone. There's not many tuning options that you can really do for a USB microphone. And that it, that's why it has some down, uh, downfalls. And like I said, we'll get into that later on in the podcast. So now I am using this beauty. Uh, if you're on Anchor, you will not be able to see this, but I am using a Rode Procaster. Um, I'm running it through a Sound Blaster K3 interface. And then that interface, of course, goes into my PC for all of the audio processing. This is a fantastic option. Uh, the Sound Blaster K3 has enough dynamic range and gain for the Procaster because it being a dynamic mic, it does need a little bit more power. And I'll explain the power requirements and all of that fun stuff when we start talking about, yeah, the Procaster is just a fantastic mic. Uh, but I will talk about like all of the power requirements and things of that sort um, for condensers and dynamics. And keep in mind, when we start going over this stuff, um, this is kind of a disclosure, your environment requirements and all of the harmonics of your house or wherever you are streaming at, whether you do a podcast, whether you do streams, whether you do whatever, whatever you do, if you, you're a YouTube guy or you're a Twitch streamer, um, you really have to look at your harmonics and that kind of, this is kind of a good transition because I want to talk about our environment when we're streaming. So the first thing you really want to focus on is your environment. Uh, this helps you pick the type of microphone that you go with long term. And your space is really, it, 
your space is important because of course that's going to tell like how much of a what kind of setup you're going to go with and also it really matters for your harmonics because I'm in an open area essentially I have a wall or a window in front of me and I have a wall next to me and then of course the rest of it behind me is my green screen and then behind that is my living room so there's a lot of noise and a lot of echo that can happen in this big space I'm probably in about 400 square foot of space just right here and you got to think my voice is very deep. It's going to carry. And the microphone that I use is going to catch all of those reverberations. You have to think now, if you're in a controlled office and you don't have a, like a low hum from an air conditioner or you don't have your PC fans like on maximum level and it's, you don't think your microphone is going to pick that up. Cool. You can go with a different style microphone than what I have. Everybody, no, there is no one microphone that is going to be good, perfect for everyone. So, um, space requirements is a huge, huge thing, and you also have to think: Am I going to have to use soundproofing? Am I going to have to use sound deafening? What kind of processing am I going to need for my microphone? Am I going to need to set up a noise gate? Do I need a compressor? Do I need to have a pop filter? You also have to think about what your voice is. So the tonality of your voice is another key factor in picking your microphone. And a lot of people look over this. They see like all of these higher end broadcasters using, oh, hey, I saw an advertisement for uh, the um, Audio-Technica AT2020 or the AT25 or 2035. That's a great microphone. My favorite streamer uses that. That's the one I want to buy. And then they buy this microphone and it's picking up a ton of noise. It's not performing the same way that their favorite broadcaster uses. That's because their favorite broadcaster has taken all of these things that I'm talking about here and kind of translated that into what they purchase. So think really hard before you go and just purchase something of your favorite broadcaster because what works for them may not work for you and vice versa. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different voice. Everybody has different space requirements. Everybody streams in a different environment. So that's a very important step into finding your microphone. So space requirements aside, you also have to think about your budget. Your budget is a huge deal because microphones can get very very expensive and that's why we have usb options that's why we have starter microphones that's why we have interfaces at a lower cost now so the interfaces and mixers that you can buy uh, i've seen some sub 100 uh, behringer is a good brand for starting out um, keep in mind that some of this stuff if you're going to go an xlr route i would still shoot for a 100 interface or mixer because that's going to last you longer than a sub 100 interface or mixer you really don't want to cheapen yourself when you go for an xlr setup but then again that's why we have usb microphones usb microphones are kind of an all-in-one option because they have the interface and the mixing and all of that stuff built into the software on your pc so a good starter option is going to be a usb microphone and I'm not really going to go for like all of the starter stuff because this is kind of for everybody. But just keep in mind when you're starting out, you go from normally the upgrade path is USB microphone. And then you're like, okay, I want to take this to the next level. I'm going to get me an XLR interface. I'm going to get an XLR microphone. And that's something that will grow with you even more so over time. And um, But your budget really matters. If you have the budget to go XLR and get the vocal processing and get the interfaces and the mixers, all of that fun stuff, go for it. Get yourself an awesome setup. 
start out, fine tune it, set it, boom, you've got great audio. If you have to get a USB mic, just know there are USB microphones out there that are fantastic. And there are some professional quality USB microphones out there for all of you that don't have a ton of space for an XLR require, um, setup. So uh, just some off the top of my head here, I've used many, many, many different USB microphones. And we're going to kind of talk about that for a second. Um, USB microphones are a fantastic option for those of you that live in a smaller apartment. Your desk isn't that big and you just don't have a lot of space. It, it, this is more of like a space requirement type thing. But if you don't have a lot of space or space on your desk and you really want a decent quality microphone, get yourself a USB microphone. There are plenty out there that are high quality that are made from reputable brands like Blue, Bear Dynamic. You've got Editor's Keys. That's a great one. A lot of top tier streamers and YouTubers use that. And it's plug and play. They're relatively easy to use. And really, they're gonna, they are gonna—they last you a long time. So even if you do upgrade to an XLR mic and you still need that additional USB microphone for whatever reason, go ahead and grab it. Um, Rode makes a ton of great options out there. Uh, there's another company called MXL. They're really getting into the USB microphone game. Uh, there's another company called Neat microphones. They're N-E-A-T microphones. They make a great option. Sennheiser's getting into it. Sure. All of the top tier brands are really looking at this because we're going into the digital age. So USB microphones are going to be a thing for the professional quality crowd out there. And um, yeah, it's definitely an option for everybody. So don't think just because it's USB, it's bad. Um, but that goes back to budget. So it's all about your budget and what you can afford. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking, hmm, okay, what microphone do I need to go with? Well, you have two different style options, and this is just has to do with the capsule. Eh, capsule? I can't talk today. Uh, this, so you have condenser style, and then you have dynamic. So let's go ahead and talk about condensers. So within the condenser style microphone phrase or genre, it's a genre of microphones. So you have shotgun mics. You have studio grade mics, you have miniature condensers, and it's just, there's so many different style of mic condenser style microphones out there. You can kind of get overwhelmed when purchasing one of these. And the condenser style microphone is going to be for someone in a very controlled environment. Kind of going back to the Blue Yeti, like I talked about earlier, when I, what I started with, the Yeti is a condenser mic. And basically the entire design of a condenser style microphone is for it to capture as much noise as possible. Those capsules that they use on condenser mics are designed to encompass every bit of sound that's going towards them. And it's not like a dynamic, which I'm using a dynamic here. It has to be closer to my voice because the sound pressure level of my voice gets captured by the capsule and nothing else. And you have to be closer to it so it blocks and rejects all of that external noise. So when you're buying a microphone and you wanna go condenser, so say your favorite broadcaster uses an Audio-Technica AT2035, that's a condenser mic. The mics that True Gaming uses is the Rode NT1A, that's a condenser mic. Those need to be in highly controlled environments because they will pick up a lot of nuances in your surroundings. So if you have a squeaky chair, I have a squeaky chair, it's going to pick that up. Uh, if you have kids in the background, if you have loud neighbors, say you're in an apartment, you have loud neighbors, even though you're in a controlled environment, 
that still may pick up through the walls. Uh, and this goes back to space requirements. So your conden condenser microphones are great if you're in a very controlled environment, but if you have something like, what am I trying to say here? You have something like um, an air conditioner, for instance. I've had a lot of people say, hey, I've got a low hum in my apartment or I've got a low hum for my air conditioner and my condenser microphone is picking this up, what do I do? Well, there are different thing, ways to resolve that with a condenser mic, but make sure when you're purchasing this thing, you are in a more controlled environment. You will need to use things like soundproofing and things of that sort because a condenser mic is normally used for studio productions. That's what they use inside of a studio when people are recording because it does pick up a more detailed um, audio signal. So keep that in mind when going condensers. There are tons of great condensers. Condensers sound beautiful. I know condenser microphones are some of my favorite microphones on the market. And um, they're great. They're great for broadcasting. But you just really need to look at your space requirements. And this kind of is an issue that I see on Twitch a lot. People have complain like, this microphone sucks because it picks up a ton of noise. Well, I mean, it's doing what it's designed to do. It's not a dynamic mic. It's not made to block all of that extra noise. So kind of transitioning off of that uh, condenser style route that you would take. Let's talk about dynamics. So dynamics are absolutely my favorite style of microphone. And for this one reason, they are fantastic at blocking rear noise. And that's the reason why I went with the Procaster. I'm in an apartment, I'm in an open area, I can't control every noise or nuance that's in my apartment. So I went with the Procaster. And the reason why I went with this is because I have to have it closer up to my mouth. And dynamics are known to have a very podcasty, broadcast style noise to them, or sound, I should say. And if you look at any radio station, if you look at any uh, broadcast podcast out there, I'd say 80% of them are going to use a dynamic mic. So some of your top dynamic brands out there is Shure, SM7B. That was the same microphone Michael Jackson used to record Thriller. Um, you have the Heil or the Ham Radio. That's um, They make radio microphones. So the Heil PR40, PR30, PR781. Those are all fantastic dynamic microphones for broadcasting and streaming. Um, Rode makes the Procaster. You've got Electro Voice, the RE20, the RE320, the RE27-N. Those are all fantastic dynamic microphones. You have the um, Audio-Technica BP40. That's what Tim the Tatman is currently using. And there's just tons of great dynamic microphones. And the reason why I recommend... The reason I recommend dynamics is they're used in radio stations. And as streamers we kind of do a similar job as a radio station does just on a smaller scale. Well, not really smaller. Some of us are a lot larger than a radio station would be. But if you got to think, if a radio station is using it, why don't I use it? Radio stations have been known to use really good broadcasting equipment. We are no different than a radio station. We're streaming to the internet. We're podcasting to the internet. So you kind of go and research like what a radio station is using and most of them are going to use stuff like this. Now, some of them may be able to use a condenser mic. Say it's a one-person show 
you have a one-person podcast and you're in a controlled space, you can use a condenser mic, but nine times out of 10, they're going to be using Dynamics because they have multiple guests, they have multiple hosts, and you don't want your microphone picking up the person sitting next to you. That's why you use a Dynamic, much like my stream. I don't want my kids or my dog or the air conditioner or the lawnmowers outside. I don't want any of that stuff being picked up on my broadcast. I want to have a clean audio of just my voice and then the game or stuff I'm playing. And yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and shout out Dark Lore here in chat on Twitch. Um, he says, but you need to be aware of your proximity position, moving around, turning your head, turning away from the dynamic mic can impact the quality. You do want, that's a good point. You do want to be seated in a position where you don't have to worry about the microphone not being able to pick you up. Uh, so that's another space requirement style thing. And keep in mind, space is a huge ordeal when set it and putting out your setup. So mine's right in front of my face. No matter where I turn my head, I'm gonna be looking at my screen, doing my thing, it's gonna pick up my voice. But if you're somebody that gets up a lot and you have to walk or you walk around, you may wanna look at other options. And some other off the wall options for a stream is you can get a headset uh, dynamic or condenser microphone. Um, I tons of companies out there make them. You can get those ones that look invisible. Uh, mic discipline is definitely a key here, guys. Keep that in mind. But you can also get um, lavalier microphones. They do make XLR-style lavalier microphones, and they are fantastic. Um, a lot more people that do, like, interviews and things of that sort, like a talk show, use those, especially if you have multiple people in front of a camera and you can't mic up every single person. Lavalier microphones are a great option. This is kind of more for you podcasters and um, talk shows out there. Lavalier microphones are a great option, and they make multiple different styles. I've seen dynamic labs. I've seen condenser labs, things of that sort. Uh, but that's a great option. Um, you have, oh, I will go ahead and say one microphone style to stay away from when broadcasting or podcasting or any of that stuff. Do not buy a, dyna or a, do not buy a ribbon. Do not buy a ribbon microphone. Those are made for singing and capturing instruments, and I would not recommend getting those because uh, they wear they will wear out over time because of how the uh, microphone is made. They aren't made to be used all of the time, if that makes sense. And they also use a tube inside, a vacuum tube, and once that goes out, it's an expensive thing to replace. So stay away from ribbon microphones and stay away from tube microphones as well because tube microphones use that vacuum tube inside and they are very expensive to get replaced, sometimes costing thousands of dollars to get replaced. So stay away from those. Just stick with a condenser microphone and a dynamic or and, and the subcategories of each. So now that you've figured out your favorite microphone, you've figured out your space requirements, all of that fun stuff, mixers. Should I go mixer or interface? Well, the difference between mixers and interface is you have to look at the requirements of your microphone. So if you have a dynamic, you're going to need something with higher gain range and a higher output because dynamic microphones are powered by phantom power. They don't have, they don't require a 48 volt of power coming, a current coming through them. So you need something with a higher gain range and a higher power output to be able to power this relatively powerful microphone. 
And the reason for that is the way the dynamic capsule works, it's made to reject noise and really just capture whatever is in front of it. So you kind of, for the Procaster, for instance, I'll kind of go over what I had to research when buying the Procaster. Procaster, I couldn't just go out and get any interface. Uh, I couldn't get a, oh gosh, what was it? I couldn't get a Focusrite Scarlet Solo. I couldn't get the 2i2. I would have had to go to the 4i4 or the 6i6 or higher because the gain range and the preamps inside of those interfaces require had the power requirement of the Procaster. The ones below that did it. And you run, if you get anything below the power requirement of your microphone, you run the risk of either breaking the microphone or breaking the interface that you just got. It can go both ways. So your microphone can actually overpower the preamps in your interface or mixer and ruin your mixer and potentially ruin your microphone and then you're out a couple hundred dollars, if not more. So be careful and be very aware. Ask experts, come ask me if you need to. Be very aware of the uh, requirements and the specifications of your microphone and the interface that you are purchasing. So the mixers, um, those are really nice, especially if you like fine tuning a bunch of stuff. Keep in mind, that's another space requirement thing. Most mixers are huge. So if you don't have a lot of space, you're gonna wanna go interface. Interfaces are nice because they're small, compact, easy to use, and relatively cheap. Um, you don't have to spend a ton of money on an interface unless you want more expandability, and that's something you can worry about in the future. XLR setups are really something that grow with you over time. Um, like I said, the interface that I'm using is the SoundBlaster K3 Plus, and I don't need any additional audio processing on this thing because it has enough gain range, it has enough power requirements, and the preamps inside are really nice enough to power the Procaster. Can I power a Shure SM7B? Probably not because that microphone takes a ton of power. Um, something to, we'll get into that in a second. I'll, I'll talk about voice changers and rack-mounted processing, activators, and all of that fun stuff. But finding your interface is really more easy when you're using a condenser mic because all of those take 48 volts of phantom power. So anything that supplies a good quality current of 48 volts of phantom power, you'll be able to use with a condenser mic. Condenser mics are a little bit easier to drive than a dynamic. So when you're purchasing one, make sure, make sure, and I can't stress this enough, you're purchasing the right gear. Okay, so I talked, I just said voice changers, rack mounted processing, mic activators, AV boards, it, it, it can get crazy. And um, before I get into all of this, keep in mind guys, if you're using a USB microphone, you don't need any of this. And I don't know if you can hear the wind outside. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. But it's windy as, windy as crap outside. But you probably didn't because I'm using a dynamic. Anyways. So you have other options for expanding your setup. And this is something to think about long term um, when you're definitely purchasing a microphone for... Yeah, USB microphones don't need any of that. And I'm kind of answering somebody in the Twitch chat right now. Um, USB microphones don't need an interface, a mixer, because you literally just plug them into your PC and your PC can do all of the audio processing for you. So you can actually purchase or download software to kind of replicate what you would get out of a mixer. Keep in mind, this is going to take more processing power, especially while streaming, because these audio processing things that you're going to have on your PC do 
have a ton of um, options and it, it can get really taxing on a processor. I'll answer more of these questions at the very end. Um, Susie, keep that in mind before uh, we get off of here. But so other mic preamp options, there are voice changers, rack mounted processing. This is for XLR setup guys to keep, keep that in mind. Uh, mic activators and AV boards, all of that fun stuff. So voice changers are fun. I, my interface is actually a voice changer and a interface all in one. I'm not really going to put it on there because it does this really harsh click. I'm actually going to have to get an activator to get that off of there. But um, it's really cool because you can change your voice and it kind of adds a fun little aspect to your stream. And um, you can really use that with any microphone, really. I would prefer using it more of a dynamic mic because that's my favorite mic. Uh, for instance, a streamer by the name of King Athalian, he has an RC, a Boss RC505 loop station and it has all of the audio processing on it and it also acts as a preamp and he can change his voice he can make it sound really really bassy he can make it sound really high-pitched um he does this thing where he makes his voice sound like aziz and zari and he goes into rp servers and he will talk in a different voice and people don't know who he is it's 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 fun um you can get reverb engines and stuff on interfaces they make mixers and all of this stuff out there with all of this stuff built in Voice changers are fun, but you don't really need that, if at all. You don't really need it for your stream, but it's a fun little addition that you can do with an XLR setup at the line level that you can't really do so much with a USB microphone. You can with a USB microphone, but keep in mind the processing and all of that stuff, and you gotta really start thinking about other specifications on your PC side. And that's another topic for another uh, podcast. But voice changers, fun. You should definitely check them out. Um, the one I recommend is either the Soundblaster K3 Plus from Creative or the Roland Ira VT3. Those are fantastic options. So rack-mounted processing. And this is something I am actively researching myself right now. Um, rack-mounted processing basically takes everything from OBS, so like the noise gate, the compressor, the de-esser, all of that stuff that you would actively put in on your microphone for OBS, you can actually have this at the line level and have it sound a lot better because software processing can sound harsh and fake sometimes. If you do it at the line level, you can actually fine tune it and it sounds more natural and it actually provides a cleaner signal going back out to your broadcast. And if you're going to do this full time or really take your broadcast seriously, you need to think about cleaning up your audio because your voice is really the first thing people hear on their streams. So, excuse me, um, rack-mounted processing. So something I'm actively looking at is a DBX-286S. And this is a preamp, a compressor, a de-esser, and a noise gate all at the line level built in. And what that would do is really clean up the vocal processing of your microphone and spit that back out to your stream and really, really, really clean up your audio. And what all of that kind of translates to is you're not going to jump scare, like say you scream or you do something crazy. The compressor is gonna take care of that and keep that noise floor kind of balanced. So it's gonna be a nice smooth tone. You're still gonna have that dynamic range. So like when you get excited, people are gonna know, but it's not going to clip or create issues for your viewers and they're going to want to leave because 
their ears are screaming from what you just did to them. So rag-mounted processing is something to really consider down the line. Now, another thing you're going to kind of, and there's, going back to rack-mounted processing for a minute, or you don't even need a rack mount, you can get processing in like a nice little form factor. I just said rack-mounted because most of them are rack-mounted. Um, processing, you can get in many different form factors, and you can get other stuff from different companies but i just really prefer what dbx is doing because they're the most cost effective in that aspect so um moving on talking about mic activators and this is more so if you guys are using a dynamic mic so mic activators provide uh inline gain for your microphone which is needed to drive a dynamic capsule and keep in mind you don't need any of this stuff you don't need any of the stuff if you're using a USB microphone. I'm going to keep saying that just to beat it into your brains because people, I know people are going to ask me that question multiple times. But a mic activator is for a dynamic microphone or a ribbon microphone, which you're not using a ribbon, so don't worry about that. But a mic activator is going to be a thing like a cloud lifter, the uh, Triton Audio Fethead, the uh, sound, I think it's the sound company. LLC or something like that. They make this one called the SS1. And I found another one. I can't remember the name, but um, there's a, I'll post it in the show notes down below and I'll put, put it on YouTube as well. But mic activators basically just provide either 25 decibels or 27 decibels of clean gain and really just clean up the signal for your dynamic mic and kind of help you to not kill the preamps in your interface so it t brings that gain level down for the interface and brings the gain level up for your dynamic microphone it's basically an additional thing say your dynamic microphone had a lower gain level than what it came with that's basically what a cloud lifter or a mic activator does um, would recommend it for everybody that has a dynamic microphone at some point you don't need one to start out but down the road so you don't kill your hardware, just invest in one. It's definitely worth it. Now, one of my favorite pieces of gear for your entire microphone setup, AV boards. And you will need a ton of space for this thing, especially if you get the one that I really want. And an AV board is basically, you can control the transitions and scenes and all of that stuff. It doesn't control OBS. I will go ahead and foreclose that but you can do a lot of different stuff really nicely. So you can have different camera angles. You can put multiple cameras into this thing. True Gaming uses one um, from when we're at conventions and stuff. They use a Roland. I don't even know the uh, model number. I will get that and put it in the show notes. But it's a really cool option for if you want to mix and master audio and your, your video and all of that stuff in one. If you have multiple cameras and you're using them via HDMI, you can control the different camera angles and all of that fun stuff, especially if you have a multi-room stream setup. This is more for a professional level broadcast, but it's your mic preamp, it's your uh, your video processing and all of that stuff built into one, and then it spits it out to your PC, and it's like one of the coolest pieces of gear. There are so many companies that make these now and make them very, very well. Be sure though, when you're purchasing one, and just understand that you're going to seriously spend a lot of money on this thing. And that is something for far in the future. But uh, just keep that in mind when you're purchasing one of these. So 
the last piece of gear you really and this is the most i think this is probably the most overlooked piece of gear when you're and it's the most simple it's literally the simplest piece of gear in the entire microphone setup for your stream your cables i can't tell you how many people forget to purchase a decent quality cable for their stream or their xlr setup and this even translates to a usb setup your cable is literally everything because that's what provides the current from your microphone or your USB microphone to your PC or your interface and then back out to your PC. So invest in high quality cables. Uh, I wouldn't say break the bank. You don't have to go out and buy like a $70 monster cable or Mogami cable or whatever if you don't want to, but make sure you're purchasing decent quality cables. Like I use a Roland uh, cable for my Procaster here, and it also has a Griffin Technologies cable. Relatively high quality cables. They are balanced, and they will not pick up any of the hum from monitors or interference from other electronics around me. Make sure you're buying balanced cables. I cannot stress that enough because if you don't, you will get an interference from monitors, other hardware that you use, and you're going to get crosstalk and just really going to muddy up your signal and you're going to have a lot of issues. Shielded and balanced are what you need and you really need to focus on getting that while purchasing a setup for your microphone. It will save your microphone and it will save your viewers' ears when you're streaming to them. So kind of recapping all of this. First thing you want to focus on, environment. Next thing, space requirements. Third thing, budget. And then the rest you figure out over the course of research and all of that stuff. Really do your research when purchasing a setup, guys. I cannot stress that enough. I cannot stress that enough. It is very important to research. Do a harmonics test. Talk in your area. Listen, make sure you're not hearing a bunch of echo. If you are, that's really going to be a dynamic. If you're in an area where you don't have like any extra noise and it's a really controlled environment, go condenser. You're not going to be unhappy because of your choice. It's just two different microphones for two different purposes. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up to chat for questions or if you guys have any input on this entire thing, um, feel free to. I'm going to go ahead and answer... Susie here. So what software would you recommend for a USB mic? Um, there's a couple different ones. Uh, you can use, oh God, what was the thing? Um, shoot, Blue Microphones just came out with one that you can use uh, for audio processing and things of that sort. Um, I do believe Creative has one as well, but I'm not sure if that's limited to their um, Sound Blaster. Now, you can use voice meter, but you voice meter is very finicky, and you can really mess up your entire audio setup that way. So I would really suggest going on to um, YouTube and figuring out a setting, because I hate voice meter. I don't use it at all. I hate voice meter. Hate it, hate it, hate it, because it is not user-friendly whatsoever. You really have to know what you're doing with uh, voice meter. You can also do VST plugins. And um, with OBS, especially for us broadcasters, VST plugins are fantastic. Go to the OBS website, and you can find literally any type of VST plugin made for OBS there. Um, Reaper is awesome. I would also recommend checking out Reaper. I would 
also recommend checking out Reaper. Thank you, a uh, Asian anime dude, for that. Um, I couldn't think of the name. Couldn't think of the name for that program. But Reaper's fantastic. I, I loved it. I used Reaper for quite a while as well. Um, kind of want to hit on something real quick, and I feel like this is a mega overlooked aspect of streaming. Stream with what you got. Don't think you have to go out and spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, on like a setup. Um, you can get by with a headset microphone. I know a ton of people use a headset microphone and it sounds relatively pretty good. Granted, it's not the best, but just go with what you got, man. It, it's it's not going to, it's not gonna, like, you're not going to lose a ton of viewers. Yeah, you're going to get a nitpicky viewer that's like, oh, hey, your audio sucks. Well, you don't worry about it. Just stream. Get out there and stream, man. And that's more of like a coaching aspect. But don't break the bank, guys. Your budget is literally everything. Don't remortgage your house because you needed a audio setup. Um, but kind of waiting for some questions here. I'm going to talk about what I'm personally going to do going forward. So going forward, I am going to be using a... This is something I'm going to invest in over time. Going to get me a mic activator. For my Procaster, probably going to go with the Triton Audio Fethead because it actually sounds better than the Cloud Lifter and provides a little more gain. And it has a lower noise floor than the Cloud Lifter does, so that's always nice. And it's like literally this big. You plug it into the back of your mic and then the cable into the back of that. And then um, another thing I am going to look at investing in, and this probably isn't going to be anytime soon, but... If it happens, it happens. Or if I get one in for review, it will happen. Because as you guys know, I do the true gaming hardware uh, reviews for streaming. Um, is the DBX-286S. Because I want that line level tweaking for processing. And it just sounds great. I also want a um, Roland Ira VT3 for additional voice processing for the um, sound changing Still probably going to keep the Sound Blaster K3, but it may not be my mainstream uh, interface much longer. Definitely need to know how it works for you as I'm grabbing the CL1. Yeah, the CL1 is a fantastic little piece of gear um, for all of you professional audio buffs out there. If you need additional gain, and this is only, only for dynamic mics, it's a fantastic piece of gear, especially if you need additional gain. Uh, let's see, Bear Steak. 476 says with a headset is a tiny mixer a better upgrade than going a more expensive to a more expensive mic that all depends on the type of headset you have so say you have a headset like the audio technica bph1 and it's got a relatively good condenser microphone on the end of it you can use that um, with a mixer and or a uh, tiny, yeah, like a tiny mixer or something of that sort. Just keep in mind, it does require 48 volts of phantom power and it does have a weird connector. It has the five pin XLR versus the three pin. Um, but yeah, you can use that. Uh, we tried those out at a convention one year with True Gaming and they sounded great. We just prefer having a tabletop microphone. So it's really all in what you like. There are headsets out there with professional grade microphones on them. Just realize you're probably going to spend a pretty penny if not more than going with a dedicated microphone and mixer so do your research on that front and make sure you're purchasing what's going to work for you uh random says my advice you get what you pay for an audio a cheap mic is a cheap mic 
Sometimes. I would say sometimes. MXL is relatively cheap in price, but you are getting a fantastic quality for the price that you pay. So not all the time, but just do your research when you're purchasing brands. Um, how about testing your setup? Do you recommend working? Yeah, this is Dark Lore again. How about testing your setup? Do you recommend working with a live stream and getting feedback from someone or recording yourself? Uh, do both. I do. I did this quite a bit when I was um, tweaking and fine-tuning my audio. Uh, doing it live, you can kind of get live feedback. Granted, it's going to be slightly delayed, so you're going to have to wait a couple seconds for the chat and the feed to catch up. But doing it live, you have somebody else, another set of ears that aren't yours. To It's th a third party or a second party, whatever. Have multiple people come in and help you. It helps you fine-tune your gain. It helps you fine-tune your audio and your positioning and all of that fun stuff. But also do it yourself because you know what you want to sound like. And only you know what you want to sound like. So really getting the best of both worlds and the best audio is key. Um, take the time. Don't just hit the live button and stream. Take the time and really fine tune all of your audio settings because it's going to make your stream better. And remember, guys, even though production quality is passive, it's still a thing. And eye candy and ear candy is more pleasing to your viewers. So that's something you really want to kind of focus in on and don't make it the center focus of your channel unless you want to, but just make sure it's a passive thing. Really focus on it yourself and make sure it's the best stream that you know you can make. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, definitely getting feedback from someone else is 100% helpful. I do it. Other people do it. I actually go in and help people um, fine-tune their audio with them. I jump into Discord chat and I'm like, okay, fine-tune it here, fine-tune it here. All right, let's listen to it real quick. And then we go. So it's definitely worth it. And uh, let's see, let's see. Any other questions that I may have missed? Did I miss any? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Anybody else have any questions like about um, USB microphones or even XLR setups, like microphones can get really confusing. Like even the specs of microphones can be really confusing. It's, it's an interesting thing to get into. And you kind of don't realize you're getting into the audio market when you're streaming, but you are. You're getting into a very high-end market and that's been around for years. And it's weird because streaming is um, different than like a normal broadcast or singing. Yes, 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 yes. Random brings up a good point there. Pay attention to SPL numbers for those energetic streamers. You really want to make sure uh, SPL is sound pressure level. If you have a very bright voice or you tend to get excited, you're going to want to make sure you're getting something that's going to fit your voice. So definitely check out reviews for microphones on YouTube. You're going to want to do that. How much was your current setup? So, okay, so over time, um, my audio setup has evolved. So I started with an Audio-Tech, no, not Audio-Technica. I started with an Astro A A40, um, which the headset itself is 150. It's a gaming headset with a broadcast quality mic, or so they tout. And then another 150 for, no, 120 for the mix amp. So that's a decent setup to start out with. Not the best, not the most optimal, but it's what I had. So 
forget it. I, I just went with it. I'm an ex-MLG guy, so I had that sitting around, and I was like, let's do the streaming thing. Um, next was the Blue Yeti, which the Blue Yeti right now is around 129 on Amazon, so not too expensive, cheaper than my other setup, and had a better audio quality. Now I have a Procaster. Um, this was actually a birthday present, but this at retail costs $229. It's one of the most well-priced dynamic mics on the market for the sound that you get, and tons of radio stations use this microphone actually um i'm trying to think joe rogan uses this and the sure sm7b on his podcast so great microphone um creative sound blaster k3 is 129 it's a great interface i 100 recommend it another one that i was using and i still do use for my youtube videos is the m audio m track 2x2 it was 99 bucks so this this stuff can get expensive very very quickly um, it's crazy the amount of money you can shell out for audio. Exactly, James. Okay, so Susie says, I have no idea about anything. I have an AT2020 USB. That's about all I know. AT2020 USB is a fantastic mic, but it is a condenser microphone. It is a USB version of a very, 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 very highly regarded XLR microphone. So basically what Audio-Technica did was they took their best-selling XLR microphone, and they were like, we're going to make this into a USB mic, and we're going to sell it. No extra tuning options on that thing, but it's a fantastic microphone, and if you have a good space to stream in, because remember, it's condenser, it's going to sound great, but if you have a ton of noise in the background, it's going to sound terrible. So keep that in mind. You're going to want noise gates and stuff if you have a ton of noise. Um... Bear Stakes 476 says Sennheiser headsets are good to start. I went with them over the others because of their mic history, no mixer, or anything yet. I don't have a desk set up for a separate mic with an arm and such. And that that's fine. I mean, I started with a I started with a headset mic. I had a mix amp. Um, keep in mind, not all of those headset mics need an XLR interface or things of that sort. You can get by with using an external amp that has a mic input. Um one I recommend is the Sound Blaster XG6 because it does have a 3.5 millimeter mic input that sounds phenomenal. So you can definitely use a sound card or something of that starting out. Do the research, make sure it's going the inputs and stuff on that particular Sennheiser headset are going to work with what you purchase. Don't just go out and blindly buy something thinking it's going to work. So Susie says, yeah, I need noise gates for my keyboard. It's driving me nuts. I don't have a lot of ambient noise, but my dang keyboard, clicking a keyboard. Okay, so a fun little tip for killing the keyboard noise and things of that sort. Um, I actually did this with my Yeti because the Yeti has an awful stand. It does, it takes a ton of noise and reverberates it up the stand. Sitting a pad or something like that underneath your microphone, if you have a desktop stand, does help. I actually took two mouse pads, two smaller mouse pads that I had laying around, stacked them on top of each other, then I put the Yeti on top of that, and those mouse pads absorbed literally all of the key clacking or the key banging noise. It will still pick up the clack of your um, keyboard, but with the noise gate, it will minimize all of that key clacking noise, and sometimes there's really no way you can get rid of it unless you have the microphone position like I do in front of my face. So, there, there are ways around it if you have it desktop mounted or desktop stand, but um, getting rid of all of the keyboard clack noise is going to be kind of hard unless you have like a really good noise gate. 
Uh, Dark Lord says, and I'm guessing you recommend a shock mount for the mic. Uh, just depends. It really all depends. This one, the Procaster, really doesn't need a shock mount because it's internally shock mounted, and Rode did a fantastic job of doing so. Uh, most mics, I will recommend getting a shock mount. Um, Dynamics, normally, most of the time, don't need a shock mount because of their internal shock mount systems that they have. But um, I use one for additional, just in case I accidentally bump the mic. So, yes. There are also noise reduction versus filters you can do. They help me a lot, too. Exactly. Uh, Susie says, I have an arm mount, but it's close enough to cause issues. I will get something to pad everything. Also, pop filters. If you have a pop filter, uh, that will also kill it, most of the noise. And um, try noise gates, like I said. Just try heavy noise gates and really try to fine-tune your audio quality. That will definitely resolve that issue for you. Um, but guys, it's been almost about, I think it's been a little bit over an hour here. Or stop buying clicky keyboards. Yeah, exactly. Stop buying clicky keyboards. I'm just joking. Expander and gates can be critical. Exactly. And you can do this via software or you can do this via line level depending on the type of microphone that you have. USBs. I don't even have a clicky keyboard. <laughs> I mean, there's there's ways around it. Um, I will... I'll, one of these days, I will sit down and help you with that, Susie. For sure. Um, but like what James just said, expander gates can be critical and he is not wrong. He is not wrong there. Expanders and gates are some of the best things for your microphone, especially if you have a lot of noise or if you just want to kind of clean up your audio signal. So research that stuff. And if you have a microphone, even a dynamic microphone, don't buy Cherry MX Blues for the love of God. Your keyboard will be picked up on literally every microphone you own. People like hearing the keys. Yeah, true. Some people just like hearing the clack. You take that back. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Twitch Tech. Thank you guys so much for coming to take a listen. I appreciate all of you guys for coming out. Be sure, if you want to hear this live, to come back every single Thursday at exactly 1230. Maybe a little bit after because I am a dad. Hashtag dad life. But if you guys want to learn more about technology for your streams and what goes into the technology for your streams, we're going to be breaking this down every single week with topics like this and kind of going over the microphones and the processing and all of that stuff that takes for your Twitch streams. Be sure to check us out on anchor.fm slash Twitch Tech or my personal YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for White Shadow 001. All of those links will be in the description or show notes down below the podcast. And I appreciate all of you guys for coming to take a listen. I will see you in the next episode.